Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's series of teachings in Exodus 20 about the Ten Commandments. We are doing Commandments 1 and 2, so those are verses 1 through 6, and it reads this way. Then God spoke all these words, saying, Exodus 20, verse 2, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, the NIV says, to a thousand generations, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You may be seated. Lord God, thank you for your living word. Thank you for the Ten Commandments, the often called the Ten Words. Thank you that they really were the basis of Western civilization in terms of how we are to conduct ourselves, Lord. And they speak to us even today because the moral law of God has not changed. Yet it has been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ who lived the perfect life that we could never live died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sin, rose from the dead, and lives today to help us fulfill the law. We can't do it in our own strength, Lord, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can hit the mark, we can do what you've called us to do. And today, I pray that you would set us more free by understanding the purpose of the law and how it drives us to Christ and also understanding the empowering of the Holy Spirit You give us to love the way you've called us to love. So would you give us wisdom and insight? Would you give us ears to hear what you would say to your church in this hour for your glory in Jesus' name and all God's people said? Amen. Amen. The Ten Commandments, one and two. You'll notice in verse one, God spoke, then God spoke, the Hebrew word debar, all these words saying, This is the word of God. God literally spoke in the very history in which we live. It was a while ago. It was thousands of years ago. But God spoke, and he has spoken in many ways throughout the centuries, through prophets, through the word of God, through his own dear son, whom he sent into the world to convey the message of God to us. God has spoken. These are called the 10 words, and if you flip over to Uh, Exodus 34 for a moment. Look at verse 28. This is actually where they're called the 10 words or the 10 commandments. I'll give you the Hebrew in a second. Exodus 34, 28 says, so Moses, 34, 28, was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights up on Mount Sinai. He did not eat bread or drink water. And he wrote on the tablets, the words of the covenant. That's a key thought. The Hebrew word barit, it's It means to cut literally. It is a contract, but something beyond a contract. And in the Hebrew picture language, it actually means the sign of my son or the cross of my son. 
And so the words of the covenant were written. They were written down later after they were spoken. And there they are called the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words. The Ten Words in Hebrew are Debarim. And it's the words that God spoke out to the children of Israel on the mount. And by the way, the children of Israel did hear these before they were written. Take a look at 20, 18. Right after the last of the Ten Commandments in 17 is articulated, all the people, Exodus 20, 18, perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen but let not God speak to us or we will die. The people were afraid. They heard the voice of the Lord as the voice of thunder, as God thundered these 10 words or these 10 commandments. The foundation of these 10 words is relational. Look at verse two. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God is saying, I brought you out, and now here's what I expect of you. I loved you first. I saved you out of the house of bondage, out of the house of slavery for us as New Testament Christians. I, sla- I saved you from the slave market of your sin, from Satan, who's a picture of Pharaoh, from the taskmaster of your sin, from bondage. And now I'm bringing you out, and now this is what I want you to do. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. First John four nineteen. So this is the response of the children of Israel to the saving work of God coming in to rescue them out of Egypt. And this is in the form of a covenant contract. I mentioned to you the word last week, ketubah. A ketubah is in a Jewish wedding, the contract between the groom and the bride. The two fathers would sit down in the ancient world and they would haggle and work out a dowry, something called a bride price. And then a written contract would be uh, commenced and they would agree to it. Where we, when we do a wedding in today's world, we do a verbal vow. In the ancient world, they did a written ketubah, a written contract. That's why there are some that believe that both the tablets that Moses write on, wrote on are identical or that actually the finger of God wrote them. And they are duplicates of the same 10 words. One for the groom, one for the bride. We are in that picture, the bride of Christ. We're not Israel, of course. We're in the new covenant. And the new covenant is superior to the old. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But that's the imagery here. It's marriage covenant imagery. I saved you. I rescued you. I made you my own. Now this is how you can love me back. And God gives parameters for that. And of course, they're filled with a lot of you shall nots there. Now, if you flip over to Matthew, hold your place in Exodus 22. Jesus is in the midst of his earthly ministry. And a lawyer came up to Jesus, Matthew 22, first gospel of the New Testament, and had a question for him. The question was actually a test. And an ancient lawyer was not a lawyer like we would know one. You know, you get in a car accident, call 1-800-THIS-GUY, and he'll help you out and get you some money. In in this setting, a lawyer is an expert in the Jewish law or the Torah. If you're interested, the word for law in Hebrew is Torah, T-O-R-A or A-H. Literally, in the Hebrew picture language, Torah means to hit the mark. 
Sin means to miss the mark. And we all miss the mark every day. We all fall short of the standards that we would hope that we would live by consistently. Torah means to hit the mark. So the lawyer came to Jesus. This is Matthew 22. And he asked him this question. Skip down to verse 36. 2236, teacher, which is the great commandment in the Torah, in the law? And Jesus said to him, 2237, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Some versions say your strength as well. Then he adds something that wasn't asked of him. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice On these two commandments depend the whole law or hangs the whole law and the prophets. Now, when Jesus was asked about the great commandment of the law, he gave two which are not from Exodus 20. They're actually from Leviticus and from Deuteronomy. But they sum up the negatives, if you will, the the you shall nots, into a positive you shall. In fact, he took the 10 you shall nots and put them into two you shall. And it's just this simple. You shall love the Lord your God with everything that you are, heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it. It's the horizontal now, the vertical love God with everything you are. The horizontal love your neighbor as yourself. On these two laws, according to Jesus, hang the entire Bible, if you will, or the entire Old Testament. Now, if you look back at your week, this last week, you're already laughing. You guys need application, don't you? How would you say that you did with loving God with everything that you are, from the core of who you are, soul, mind, strength, etc., and loving your neighbor just like you love yourself. So when you were going to go get your frozen yogurt this week, you were thinking to yourself, oh, I'm going to get this for so-and-so first. Do you do that? I, I have to confess, I usually don't. I'm usually just thinking, yogurt for me. And I love the little taste cups. Usually if you eat enough of those, you don't even have to pay for your yogurt. No, that's a breaking of another law. Simply put, Jesus took the law of the shall nots and put it into a positive, the shall. If we could remember that to hit the mark is simply to love God first and to love others first, we'd be doing well. But here's the problem. We often don't hit the mark. We can be very self-absorbed, very selfish. The culture feeds into that to make it all about you. But God's two highest laws connected to who he is, what's most important to God is right here in the top 10, brethren, or in the top two, as Jesus put it. This is the heart of God because the law flows from God himself. Now flip over to Romans. It's a little bit to your right. And take a look at Romans 7. The law is not the problem. The law is good. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans 7. The problem is me. It's not the law. If there was a law that could save me, then God would have given it. But take a look at verse 12, Romans 7. The law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good, because it comes from the one who's holy and righteous and good. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in other books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this radio station? The same if you're listening on podcast. You can always just click that share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they will do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And loving your neighbor just like you love yourself. So when you were going to go get your frozen yogurt this week, you were thinking to yourself, oh, I'm going to get this for so-and-so first. Do you do that? I, I have to confess, I usually don't. I usually just thinking, yogurt for me. And I love the little taste cups. Usually if you eat enough of those, you don't even have to pay for your yogurt. No, that's a breaking of another law. Simply put, Jesus took the law of the shall nots and put it into a positive, the shall. If we could remember that to hit the mark is simply to love God first and to love others first, we'd be doing well. But here's the problem. We often don't hit the mark. We can be very self-absorbed, very selfish. The culture feeds into that to make it all about you. But God's two highest laws connected to who he is, what's most important to God is right here in the top 10, brethren, or in the top two, as Jesus put it. This is the heart of God because the law flows from God himself. Now flip over to Romans, just a little bit to your right, and take a look at Romans 7. The law is not the problem. The law is good. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans 7. The problem is me. It's not the law. If there was a law that could save me, then God would have given it. But take a look at verse 12, Romans 7. The law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good because it comes from the one who's holy and righteous and good. Look at 14, 714. For we know that the law is spiritual. It's good, it's holy, and it's even spiritual. But the problem is I am a flesh sold into bondage to sin. For what I'm doing, I don't understand. I'm not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing that I hate. If I do the very thing that I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. The law shows me how to hit the mark, 22, 7, 722. I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, in my spirit. But I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. It's like in me still, even though I want to do the right thing, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? And then a celebration, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Skip down to verse 8.1. So there is therefore now no condemnation. You're not condemned if you're in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, what the Torah could not do, weak as it was through the flesh... 
God did. What did he do? He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that, here's the last verse for Romans, the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, the church, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Notice that the righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled, but it is in those who walk according to the power of the Holy Spirit. That is, when you're walking with the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit will come out, and the first fruit of the Spirit is love. So if you want to love the way that the law or the Torah would call upon you to love, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. God's given us two incredible gifts. The gift of his own son to come and live the perfect life that we could never live and die for us. And the gift of the Holy Spirit, I will send you another helper and he will come to you. I won't leave you alone, etc. These are two great gifts from heaven that help us in the fulfillment of the law. Just one more in Romans 13. Flip over there, Romans 13, and take a look. Paul uh, goes through some of the commands and then he just gives this summary statement. And Jesus obviously anticipating this statement. It says, love does no wrong to a neighbor, Romans 13, 10. Therefore, love is what? Love is the fulfillment of the law. If you want to fulfill the law, it is simply love, but it is God's kind of love. It is truth in love, as you're going to see in a moment. And so back to Exodus chapter 20. The covenant is made, a ketubah, something like a marriage contract. One author put it, put it this way, one cannot speak about covenant without law. The purpose of law is to provide boundaries to that, to that relationship. If honored, it will go a long way in perpetuating the relationship. He says, what banks are to a river, law is to covenant. Take away the banks of a river and the river quickly becomes a swamp. Take away the regulations and an athletic sport competition devolves into chaos. There is a world of difference between boundaries that destroy life and boundaries that direct life. So you have to see the covenant aspect in this to know that God is laying out how Israel is to love him. It's a contract. It's a covenant. You don't enter, enter into a covenant and just say, we'll figure it out as we go along. No, when you go to make a vow to someone, taking the marriage vow, for example, there's things that are spoken to the groom and the bride. Will you put her first? Will you have no other you know, people in your life, etc., etc.? Sickness and health, till death do you part. Uh, I will, I will. And then the covenant is sealed, if you will. That's what's happening at Mount Sinai. And remember, when the people heard what God asked of them, they were like, we will, we do, we do, we will. And we're like, uh, we're reading after the fact and we know they won't. And uh, I'll use the illustration of a premarital counseling session. By the way, uh, they say that couples that go through premarital counseling have a much higher success rate than those who don't. And in premarital counseling, you try to give as much as you can to a young couple about what the expectations of the covenant are, what the roles are, what God says about this relationship, so that we go into marriage with our eyes wide open. After you get married, keep them half shut, and you'll be doing really, really well. And so this is what's happening in Mount Sinai, at Mount Sinai. God is giving his law. And he's giving boundaries. 
And one of the main boundaries that he has for his people is that I want you to be faithful to me using the image of faithfulness in marriage. I don't want you to commit adultery with other gods with a small g. We'll talk about that in a second. I want you to be faithful to me. I want you to love me first. I don't want you to bring other things in your life. And here's the important thing to remember. God gives us boundaries because he knows what's best for us. He knows if you go out and live your life in a chaotic way and you don't live an ordered life and you don't live a life of commitment, then your life will be chaotic. He gives loving boundaries to us. This is what God wants. God wants, do you believe that God knows the best for your life? Then you pay attention to God's word because daddy does know best. And he's giving you guidelines so that you can find the best that this life has. And so we pay attention to these supreme commandments because they are from the heart of God to people that he loves. He says of Israel, Isaiah 43, 4, since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. In Jeremiah 31, 2 through 4, the Lord says, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness, Israel, when it uh, went to find its rest. The Lord appeared to him from afar saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I've drawn you with loving kindness. Again, I will build you and you shall be rebuilt. O virgin of Israel, again, you shall take up your tambourines and go forth to the dances of the merrymakers. Jeremiah 31, two through four. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with loving kindness. And someone might say, well, why did God love Israel? Why, why did he convey his love to them? Not because they were more numerous than other people's or anything else. God simply decided to love her. And he acted out that love through the prophet Hosea. That, that although Hosea's wife named Gomer, not kidding, her name was Gomer, and some of you will get this, surprise, surprise, surprise. Never mind, it's an old TV show. What her parents were thinking, I do not know. But anyway, but Gomer was unfaithful to Hosea. Hosea's name means salvation. But the prophet was called to love her despite the fact that she would be unfaithful. And you know what? God continues to love us even when we're wayward. Even when we're faithless, he is faithful. But it would be good if we would be faithful to the covenant because being faithful to the covenant shows that we love him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You can say that you love God all day long, but the proof is really going to be how you live, right? I mean, talk is cheap. So Jesus said, if you, if you say that you love me, then I want you to do what I say. One writer says, so frightening was this for the people to experience that as soon as God finished these words, they said, Moses, you talk to him and tell us what he has to say. All the people were hearing the voice of God, just as Adam, Eve, Noah, Abraham, and the patriarchs had heard it. And as Moses had heard it earlier on Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb, when God first called him. And so now this would be forever implanted in the minds of the people. I am the Lord, your God. Look at verse two. I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. 
I am the Lord your God. I want you to see that the Ten Commandments are based on a foundation of relationship. I am the Lord your God. That's repeated over and over again. And it has the implication that this God has a personal relationship with every single individual within the nation. Sometimes when we look at a room like this and we kind of walk it out to our city and our state and our world, we think, man, there's so many people. How can God really know me personally? But God does know you. You've been listening to The Ten Commandments, First and Second, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 20. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. If you're having a hard time and need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't feel like talking, but you could really use some prayer, call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 called The Ten Commandments, First and Second. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.